Well, hallelujah. I hope everyone is having a great Tuesday morning. And today we are going to be continuing our Romans chapter 5, verse 20, going all the way through chapter 6 study today. And today we'll actually be starting Romans chapter 6. And we'll be looking at verses, and we'll be looking at verse 1. And if we have time later on, we're going to be looking at verse 2. But, you know, before we dive into the study, guys, I want to give a quick recap a quick crash course, if you will, on what Paul was talking about in Romans chapter 5, verse 20 and 21. So in verse 20, Paul was talking about the law and why God gave the law. God gave the law to show us as man that we couldn't measure up to his standard of righteousness. That guys, that we couldn't make it through this life without his help. And we couldn't, especially in today's time, we can't rely on the law to make it through this Christian life. We have to rely on the finished work of Christ and what he's done for us at the cross. Because the cross is what has given us the power. Guys, the cross is what is what has given us the power to make it through this life, to live that life of holiness, and to live that victorious life free from sin. And then in verse 21, Paul talked about grace. He introduces grace and talking about what grace really is. You know, in the last podcast where we are teaching on verse 21, we gave the five views of grace. And we were talking about that grace, you know, is simply God's unmerited favor extended down to undeserving men. It's also God empowering us to make it through this life, to live free from sin. But it's also his will working in and through our lives, which his will is to conform us into the image of Christ. And the only way he can do that is, is if, our, if we're not being dominated by sin. And again, how do we live free from sin? It's simply what, by simply having faith in what Jesus Christ has done for us at the cross, knowing that we can't do it, but he can. Luke 9, 23, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his what? His cross daily and follow after me. We got to know that our own strength isn't good enough, that our own ability, our own capabilities isn't good enough. It's not going to, it's not going to do it guys. The only thing that's going to allow us to walk that life of freedom in a victory is simply by having faith. And what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross. Guys, he came to not only save us, but to free us from sin. Because Christ would even say, say for I've come to, say, to set at liberty them that are bruised. He came to not only to save us from the penalty of sin, but to free us from the power of sin. And in chapter 6, Paul is really going to be dealing on how we live that free and victorious life over sin. So let's go ahead and dive into verse 1. And we'll be reading, again guys, we're going to be reading from Romans chapter 6. And we're going to be reading verse, verse 1 along with verse 2. Again, Romans chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. And Paul would go on to say, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in 
sin that grace may abound. By no means, how can we who died to sin still live in it? So, guys, in the opening, a lot of Christians will are one will wonder what what is Paul talking about in these verses, especially in verse one. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? Many may wonder what is Paul talking about. Simply, Paul is combating the false doctrine that was going on in that day, and especially the false doctrine that's it's still happening today. And that false doctrine is is that grace gives us a license to sin. Remember, we talked about that in the last podcast where we're teaching on Romans chapter 5, verse verse 21. And and I gave five views on grace that my professor here at the Bible College, Brother Larson, gave. And one of those views, license, it was that third view, and Brother Larson defined it as some some believe that we have a sin nature and cannot help but sin on a regular or consistent basis. And so that's what these people were teaching, these false teachers. That's what they were teaching in that day and age, and it's still happening today. They were saying that, you know what? Yeah, we're, when we get saved, you know, we're saved. We're in Christ. But you know what? We can't help but sin. We can't help but live a lifestyle of sin And all we do is sin, 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 and grace just covers it. So you know what? There's no consequences. Guys, that is so far from the truth. That is so far from the truth. That is literally bordering what the Catholics teach on condolences, where they said that, where the priest, you know, where you go to the priest, you know, and you tell them what you're about to do, and they're like, okay, God's going to forgive you. So say, you know, I go to the, the priest and say, okay, I'm going to go out at 6 o'clock in the evening, and I'm going to I'm gonna murder somebody. And he's like, okay, God's going God's gonna to cover you because you know what? His grace is going to cover that sin. Guys, that's not the case. Like we said in the last podcast, talking about verse 21, grace doesn't give us a license to sin. And if guys, if we believe that it's going to literally destroy our faith because look, when we sin, there is consequences. Yes, we do have an advocate with the father. And when we do fail, it's not if, but when we do fail, we can, can, we can ask for forgiveness and repent. But the thing is, we still have to suffer consequences. Look at David in the old Testament. Prime example, his sin with Bathsheba. He committed adultery and then murdered his her wife, his her husband, her husband, excuse me. He murdered Bathsheba's husband. Because you know what? Whenever he committed adultery, Bathsheba became pregnant. And so to cover it, you know, he tried to bring Uriah home and I'm not gonna go into full detail, but in the end, he had Uriah killed. And David went on about his business and thought, you know what? There's going to be no consequences for it. And then Nathan, the prophet, came to David and said, David, you are the man, saying what you've done to Uriah and what you've done to Bathsheba is horribly wrong. And then we find in Psalms 51 where David, it's David's repentance. It's him repenting to God, saying, God, I'm sorry for what I did with Bathsheba. I'm sorry about the, the murder of Uriah. 
will you please forgive me from it? And he literally appealed to God's grace. And that's where he says, create in me a clean heart, O God. Create in me a clean heart, O God. You know, God forgave David from that sin, but you know what? He still had to suffer the consequences in which David and Bathsheba lost that son, that son that was born out of out of that adulterous relationship. That young baby boy died. And so we got to understand that grace doesn't give us a license to sin. It doesn't cover us sinning. Guys, again, grace is simply God's will working in us. Him changing us, molding us into Christ. And the only way he can do that is by if we're not being dominated by sin. And it's also him empowering us to live free from sin. Grace literally, guys, it gives us the liberty or the potential to live free from sin. That's what grace is. That's what grace is. And grace simply flows from where it flows from Calvary. Because again, like we stressed in the last two teachings in verse 20 and 21, that the only way we can have freedom, the only way we can have victory and walk in victory is by believing that what Jesus Christ done for us at the cross is enough. And so that's what Paul, that's what Paul is combating in this first verse. He's asking a rhetorical question. You know, he's making it obvious, making it plainly obvious. You know, and the false teachers, they hated Paul's message. They hated where he was saying that, you know what, that grace just simply comes by having simple faith in Calvary and not by works. So they're trying to pervert it. They're trying to, to get the people's focus away that, you know what, that grace gives potential. It gives liberty to live free from sin and turn it to where, you know what, it, it covers your sin. So you can go out and live any way you want to, not suffer any kind of consequences, which again, so far from the truth. They tried, they wanted to tie Jesus into the law, which we can't do that. Guys, we can't, again, we can't live our life by the law, which we'd find that in verse 20 in chapter five. Holiness and grace doesn't come from the law. It, holiness and grace comes from Calvary. It comes from what Jesus did for us at the cross. And we find that in Ephesians chapter two, verses nine, verses eight and nine. And again, Paul would say in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith. Faith in what? Faith in the cross. And that is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Notice this, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Again, grace doesn't come from the law. It comes from Calvary. It comes by our faith being in Calvary. And again, Grace doesn't give us a license to sin. It simply gives us the potential, the liberty to live free from sin. And Paul also in, in this verse, and mainly and really throughout this whole chapter, and he's introducing it in verse 1, where he, he would tell the believers in Rome, and even us today, that we are not to abide in sin. That we are not to abide in sin and not live a lifestyle of sin. We're not to be dominated by the sin nature. Again, the sin nature. 
and what it, and again, we're going to talk, I'm going to talk about what the sin nature is again. You know, we talked about that in verse 20 on, you know, the first podcast, but again, what is the sin nature? You know, simply, give me a minute here. You know, simply the sin nature, it came into being whenever Adam and Eve fell in the garden. You know, whenever Adam ate of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and he sinned, he sinned deliberately. He sinned willingly. And that's when the fall happened. In the, mo in the moment that the fall happened, that's when the sin nature came into being. That's what caused us to be corrupted. That's what caused us to be tainted by sin is the sin nature. And in chapter six, you know, I just want to bring this out. In chapter six, Paul's not really talking about acts of sin. He's talking about the sin nature. And again, the sin nature is, it's, the, it's, what's, it's what's caused us to be corrupted and tainted. You know, and also the sin nature is what drives us to sin. You know, when I say drive, I'm not saying it, it's forcing us to sin because guys, we commit sin willingly. That's we sin by choice. Okay. There's nothing that forces us to sin. It's our own choice. I want to make that clear. Nothing forces us to sin. Satan doesn't cause us to sin. The sin nature doesn't force us to sin. We make that choice. We make that choice to sin. And you know, before we ever got saved, the sin nature is what drove us to sin, meaning it's, it's like that nagging voice in the back of your head saying, hey, you know you want to do it. Come on, just do it. It ain't going to hurt. Just do it. You know, yeah, you know, it may be, they say it's wrong, but you know what? Just do it because it's going to be fun. It's what the sin nature is. It's encouraging us to sin. It's encouraging us to rebel against God. But also the sin nature it's what gives Satan the legal right to hold a person in bondage. That's the only reason why he can hold anybody in bondage is because of the sin nature. But again, the moment that Christ died on the cross and said, it is finished, and we believed on that finished work, guys. My God, hallelujah. The moment that we believed what Christ did at Calvary was enough it broke our connection to the sin nature and it broke its power over us. It wasn't eradicated. It wasn't destroyed. You know, the sin nature is still there, but it's dormant. And God left it there for disciplinary reasons. But the thing is, the sin nature is no longer reigning in us. It's no longer ruling in us like a king. But the... But the moment when we accepted Christ and believed his finished work on Calvary, our relationship to it was severed. It no longer reigned and ruled like a king. We talked about that in verse 21. You know, that it's like, you know, it's like having a lamp plugged into the outlet. And the moment we got saved, God unplugged the sin nature and now it's dormant. And it remains dormant. As long as our faith is in the cross, as long as our faith is in what Jesus Christ has done for us at Calvary, the sin nature will remain dormant. But, you know, 
the moment and the, and it can revive the sin nature can revive and the only way it can revive is if we simply remove our faith from the cross and if we remove our faith from the cross guys it gives the sin nature an opportunity to come back up again to revive to come back alive and dominate our lives as christians and if that happens, we're going to experience nothing but a lifestyle of continual failure. And if we continue to live in that lifestyle of sin, guys, it's going to destroy our faith. It's going to destroy our faith. And that's what Paul is talking about. That are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? And he talks about that in verse 2. We have time, so we're going to talk about verse 2 because it answers the question that was that Paul asked in verse 1. And again, it was a rhetorical question. But Paul would say in verse 2, By no means, how can we who die to sin still live in it? My God. Hmm. By no means, how can we who die to sin still live in it? Paul is simply saying, no, no, no. There's no reason for us to live in sin because of what Jesus Christ has done for us at Calvary. You know, in that first, you know, in that beginning part of verse 2 where it says, by no means. You know, in King James it says, God forbid, in other word for word translation. So in King James it says, God forbid, in ESV it says, by no means. But, you know, when the translators were translating that, you know, it was a, it was a wrong translation. What Paul was actually saying was, he was saying, away with the thought. May it never be so. He bluntly answered this, and he didn't hold anything back. He was telling them flat out, this is not the case. Why? Because sin is not a toy. Guys, sin is not something that we can just mess around with. It's not just something that we can just, just completely dive into and just have fun in it. It's, it's not. Guys, again, like we were saying, grace doesn't give a license to sin. And there's no reason for us to live. And we're going to talk about that more as we go on. But guys, we don't need to toy with sin. We don't need to dabble in it. Because... The moment we do, we're removing our faith from Calvary. We're removing our faith from the cross and putting our faith in our flesh, in ourselves. And that's what happens when we toy with sin. We're going back to the flesh. We're leaving the place of victory. We're leaving Calvary where, every, where our help is found and everything we will ever need is found in Calvary. And when we toy with sin, we're leaving Calvary. And when that happens, like we said earlier, when we remove our faith from the cross, it provides an opportunity. Again, again, guys, it provides an opportunity for the sin nature to revive, to come alive, and to reign and rule like a king in our hearts and our lives. And guys, and when we and when that happens, again, like we said earlier, we're gonna experience nothing but a lifestyle of failure. 
of defeat, of misery, of discomfort. Guys, we're going to feel empty. We're going to feel deprived. We're going to feel depressed. Because when we remove our faith from the cross, we're sowing into the fruits of the flesh. And when we sow into the fruits of the flesh, it's going to reap, we're going to reap nothing but destruction. You can find that in Galatians chapter 6. That's what happens when we toy with sin. That's what happens when the sin nature is reigning and ruling once again in our hearts and in our lives, guys. We're sowing into the fruits of the flesh. And it's bad fruit. And bad fruit sucks all the nutrients away from the good fruit. And when the sin nature is reigning and ruling in our lives, again, guys, it's going to destroy our faith. Because faith is like a fabric. And when you take, again, just picture this. When you take a flame to, to a fabric, what does it do? It burns away. The flame consumes the fabric to the point to where it's nothing but ash. And it, becomes, and it breaks down and, and goes off in the wind. That's what happens to our faith when the sin nature is reigning and ruling in our lives. It is literally destroying the very fabric of our faith. And it's going to wither away to nothing. And Paul in verse 2 is talking about there is no, this is what happens when we live a lifestyle of sin. That's what he's talking about. When we live a lifestyle of sin, that's what happens to our faith. It is consumed and it is destroyed to the point to where it's nothing, to where it's literally nothing. Guys, that's how serious sin is. That's how serious it is. And I can't stress it to you enough. Don't toy with sin and don't think that grace gives you a license to sin and that you can just sin as much as you want and that there is no consequences for your sin. Because that's not the case. Guys, that is not the case. Now, there's a difference if you don't understand how to have victory. But when we're deliberately living in a lifestyle of sin, guys, we know better. We know better. And for those of us who do know this message and who don't, if we live a lifestyle of sin, again, the sin nature is reigning and ruling in our lives. And it will destroy our faith. And that's what Paul is talking about. How can we who died to sin still live in it? And he's saying by no means, he's saying we, that's what he's talking about. And even in, and in verse 2, he goes into greater detail saying, that's not the case. That's not the case. Because what Jesus Christ did for us at the cross was enough. He's talking about what Christ did for us at Calvary. And what he did for us at the cross not only saved us from the penalty of sin, it severed our connection, our relationship to the sin nature, and it freed us from the dominion of the sin nature. And we can find that in Romans chapter 
8, verse 2. For the law of spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Then in John chapter 8, verse 36. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Guys, this is what the cross done. It set us freed from sin. It freed us from the power. It freed us from the dominion of the sin nature. To where we can experience a lifestyle of victory. And this is the sanctification process. God literally setting us aside for himself, freeing us from sin and giving us the power, the power to live free from it. My God, hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why he died on Calvary. That's why he died on Calvary, guys, to give us the victory. He gave us the victory. We don't, even have, we don't even have to ask for it. He just tells us to walk in it, to walk in the victory he has won for us at the cross. Because in Romans chapter 8, verse 37, Paul would say, Now in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Jesus conquered sin at the cross. In the moment we accept him, we become more than conquerors, meaning all we have to do is abide in him, abide in this finished work, and just simply walk in what he's given us at Calvary. And he's given us victory, deliverance, and grace, righteousness at the cross. And he just tells us to simply walk in it by abiding in that finished work, knowing what he's done for us at Calvary, my God, hallelujah, is more than enough. Is more than enough. And through the cross, again, God gives us the power to walk a free and victorious life. And not only that, through the cross, he's changing us into the image of Christ. My God, hallelujah. He's changing us into the image of Christ. And we'd find that in Jude verse 24. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. Then 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And that's simply saying, it simply means that he's removing the flesh little by little and making us more like Christ. That's what he did for us at Calvary. That's what Paul is talking about when he says, how can we who die to sin still live in it? And he said all that, and I'm saying all that because Paul brought that out. That's what Paul was saying. That Due to what Jesus Christ has done for us at the cross, there is no excuse for us to live a lifestyle of defeat, a lifestyle of failure. There's no reason why we should be living a lifestyle of sin, willingly or unwillingly. Meaning, and when I mean unwillingly, just simply means we don't know better. We don't know that our victory is found in the cross. And if that's out, you if that's you listening out there. 
know that your victory is found the cross, that you don't have to live that lifestyle of constant defeat, of constant failure. You don't have to sin. You don't have to. Because what Jesus Christ did for you at Calvary is more than enough to set you free. It has already set you free. The moment, the moment you said yes to him and accepted his finished work, you were automatically made free. You were automatically freed from the dominion of the sin nature. And by what Christ has done for us at the cross, guys, there's no reason why we should be experiencing failure. We should be, we should be experiencing a lifestyle of defeat and being dominated by sin. There's no reason. There's no excuse for it. Because what Paul is saying in verse 2 by no means, how can we who died to sin still live in it? That's what he's saying. How can we who have been saved and knowing what Christ has done for us at the cross is more than enough for us to live in victory and walk that life, to walk and live that lifestyle of holiness? There's no reason for us to be dominated and ruled by sin. And he would say it in the same chapter, in chapter 6, in verse 14. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but you are under grace. Guys, remember, there's no reason for us to be living a lifestyle of sin. Because what Jesus Christ has done for us at Calvary is more than enough. And we are out of time. And I hope you guys got a blessing out of this. I hope you got something out of it. And we'll see you next Tuesday. And we'll be teaching on verse 3. God bless you guys. I love y'all. And we'll see you next time in the Lord.